Okay. Sefer Amada, Hilcha the laws of the foundations, the principles of Torah. Lam starts with the opening pasuk. Extend your kindness to those who know you. Know you in the sense of the mitzvahs over here in this part of the Sefer are all about knowing Hashem. And your righteousness to the upright of heart. So Sefer Amada, who Sefer Rishin, the book of, of, uh, of knowledge, of awareness, which is the first book of the Ramam, Hilchas of Chamesh, has five sets of halachas. Sidron, this is the order. the laws of the foundation of terrorist of the, of the whole Torah. Hilchas Deis, laws of appropriate uh, uh, perspective, laws of appropriate lifestyle. Hilchas the laws of terrorist study. Hilchas the laws of worshiping or not worshiping idols, umazolas and constellations, and the lifestyles of those who worship idols and what we should, how we should not follow them. Hilchas Tshuva, the laws of Tshuva, also a fundamental principle of Torah. So Hilchas has said that Torah, the laws of the foundation of Torah study, Yesh B'chol and Mitzvahs, includes 10 mitzvahs of the 613. Sheish Mitzvahs six positive mitzvahs, Fa'ab Mitzvahs and four negative mitzvahs, four thou shall not. Zero Pratan, Aleph. To know there is a God. Not to entertain the idea that there is a God besides Hashem. To unify Hashem. To love Him. To fear Him. To sanctify His name. Zion, number seven. Not to desecrate His name. We always think about not to you know, shout in public, but it actually refers to something very specific we'll see. That's beyond that. So Ches, number eight, not to destroy things which Hashem's name is associated with. Test, to obey a Navi, a prophet who speaks in his name. Yud, not to test Hashem. We'll explain these mitzvahs in the following parakrish. This is the first parak. This parak deals with the first two of the ten mitzvahs we just mentioned, namely to know there's a God exists and not to entertain the idea that there's a God besides Hashem, as well as the third mitzvah to unify Hashem. The other mitzvahs will be in the, in the future parakam. Halacha Aleph. Yisaid HaYisaid is the foundation of all foundations. Vamud HaChachmas and the pillar of all wisdoms. Layeda is to know Yisheisha there is a first existence. Vu HaMamti Kal Nimtza and he causes all existence to come into existence. So all other existence are a result of his existence. V'chala Nimtzoyim. Everything which exists in our lexicon which, it, which, it, which is Bashamayim Yimal in the heavens above Umasha excuse me Bashamayim over in the heavens of the earth Umasha or any place in between Loin Nimso only exists Ella as a result of his existence so because he exists it's possible for other things to exist yeah base if you'll entertain the idea he does not exist by definition nothing else could exist Gimel if you entertain the concept, imagine the, 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 the scenario of nothing, of, of everything else that we know of to exist, ceasing to exist, not existing, he himself would still exist. He would not become nullified by their existence. So if we imagine all of existence ceasing to be, that would not entertain the idea of Hashem ceasing to exist, because his existence is a whole different story. Because anything which exists, requires Hashem to exist. But he blessed be he. Does not require them. Nor any one of them. 
therefore, ein amitasi, his truth, kamitasi echlem any of their truths. So you have truths, for example, two plus two is four, that's pretty true. But that's not a truth that's by definition, that exists by definition. It only exists because Hashem makes it exist and Hashem makes it true. So Hashem is true and exists in absolute truth, not because, just because He is. That's, this is what the Navi refers to when he says, Hashem, God is true. He is the only truth. There's nothing else which is true. Like his truth. So in other words, even if it's true, so to speak, that 2 plus 2 is 4, that's not a truth like his truth. This is what the Torah refers to when it says, Nothing is besides him. Meaning to say, there's no other, 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 other true existence besides him. So it doesn't mean nothing else exists besides him, literally. The world does exist. But its, its existence is not a truth like his truth. Of course, the Chassidus expounds upon that, but that's suffice for the Rambam. Okay, halacha hey. Hamatziyazeh, this existence, this being. Hu is the God of the world. Adoyin it's the master of the universe. Or the God of the universe, master of the world. He is what causes the sphere to turn. The sphere in the Rambam's, over here the Rambam refers to it as in the Rambam's model of the universe, there is multiple spheres, each one more external than the other. And the most external one, when Hashem turns it, so to speak, Hashem causes it to turn, that causes everything else in the, in the universe to move. So that would be kind of the idea of, uh, of providing any kind of energy or movement to anything in the universe. So when something moves, its energy changes. So this goggle, this, uh, this sphere which surrounds all of, the, all of the solar system, all of the universe, that, that moves only because Hashem makes it move. The koyach, and Hashem makes it move with a power. She'ein loikeitz v'sachas, which has no end or limitation. The koyach she'ein lehefsek, with a power which has no interruptions. Sha'agagal sevev tami, because this goggle, this most external sphere, constantly moves. It's impossible for it to move without someone turning it. Hashem turns it without a hand without a body so usually in the universe when one thing moves the second thing there's a relationship in the energy over here there's no connection Hashem makes it happen but he doesn't have to do anything not, not a part of Hashem which makes it happen the awareness of all we just spoke about the first mitzvah is a positive commandment you have to know this not just know it you have to cultivate it in your awareness I am Hashem your God so in other words, the Pasuk doesn't declare, this Pasuk, I'm Hashem your God, doesn't really say to do anything. It just simply introduces the Abishter. Hi, I'm Hashem. But implica- implicated in that Pasuk is the obligation to be aware of this. So far, so good. Anybody who entertains the concept, the idea. That there is another God besides us. So in other words, even if you accept everything we said till now as absolutely true, however, you believe that there's another God besides the Abish we described so far, there's another God, so to speak. If you entertain that idea, so true, you're doing the mitzvah of being aware of Hashem, so to speak, but you're being over on the uh, on say. I'm sorry, that's not true what I just said. It's not, it's not, you're not using the mitzvah of knowing Hashem exists if you, if you entertain the idea of another God existing. Back upon him, if you entertain the idea of, of another Abishter existing besides the Abishter we just described, say that's a violation of a negative mitzvah. Don't have any other gods before me. And this such a person denies the basic principles of Gadol because this principle that there's only one Hashem is the primary principle upon which everything else depends. Zion. 
Now the Chayyim asks, why can't I, why can't I believe that there's two Hashem's and they both want me to keep Shabbos? So, so the answer obviously is, is that keeping Shabbos is not just a behavioral mitzvah. You have to keep Shabbos in the awareness that the one true Hashem said to keep Shabbos. So you can't really keep Shabbos or put on tefillin, even if, if, if you if you exist in. If you, exactly, that's about the awareness that, the, that there's only one true Hashem and you do the, mitzvah, you, the kind of mitzvah of knowing Hashem's existence and, uh, existence and that there's no other Hashem besides the one Hashem. So, so far we discussed mitzvah Aleph which were, and mitzvah Beis, which was to know there's a Hashem and not to entertain the idea there's another, there's a, that there's a God besides Hashem. Mitzvah number three is to unify Hashem and that's going to be the subject matter of the rest of the Perek, primarily. Halacha Zayin. This Hashem is one. So, so far we spoke about Hashem being the only Hashem. Now we're going to say this only Hashem is unique, unique unity in his own, in his own, uh, in his, individu- in his uh, exclusivity. So this, this God is one. He's not two. Nor is he more than two. He's one. He's not a, a one like the oneness that we're familiar with in the world. For example, the human race. is only, There's only one human race, but there's multiple individual human people. Nor is it like one, like one thing which includes multiple parts, like one individual, for example. A human being is only one person, not multiple people, but he has many, 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 many different parts to himself. Nor is he a body which can be divided into different parts and the different aspects. Rather, it's a unity, which there is no other unity like him in the world. Now, if there were multiple gods, they by definition would also have to have forms and bodies, bodies and forms. Why? So to say there's two gods who are identical, so to speak, is impossible. Why? Because the, the, the kinds, the things that, they, that exist, which are identical, or, or, or almost identical, in other words, non-physical things, are different from each other, they're not differentiated, except by the events that transpire to their body and form. So in other words, if you have two, two identical uh, apples, for example, so they're separate because they both exist in separate spaces, in separate times, perhaps even. Spiritual concepts, like for example, if I have two ideas, one of them is 2 plus 2 is 4, and I have a second idea, 2 plus 2 is 4, those are the same. I, I thought about it two different times. They're, they're, they're the same. Nothing divides them because they're identical, because they're not physical. So if you're going to say there's two Hashems, so to speak, then if they are identical, there's only one. So if you're saying there's two, you're saying by definition that they're not identical. That they ha- what differentiates them? They must have parts, so to speak. So by, by entertaining the idea that there's, one Hashem, that there's more than one Hashem, you're automatically also transgressing the idea that Hashem has parts. Right, exactly. By, by not being the Yachat Hashem, you're also entertaining that on two, on two realms. That there's more than one Hashem, but definition also means he has, he has parts. And of course, neither of those are true. There's only one Hashem and he has no parts. And no form. And if the Abish had parts, so to speak, or a form, or body in a form, he would have some limitation. She have shaliyas goof in the catch. You can't have a body or a form which has no limits. If it has some sort of structure and definition and parameter, then it has some kind of definition limitation automatically. Whatever, whichever, whatever has a body and therefore has has some sort of limitation in the end. Not only it is limited, but its potential, its ability, its power is limited. 
But the king, however, our our Abishter, our God, Baruch Shemay, blessed be his name, Hoyl since his power has no limitations, the Ainaisik and it has no end, it has no interruption. Should a goggle save Talmud because the turning of this of the external, most external sphere of the universe is constant and never stops. So his koyach, which is unlimited, also has no form. If it's unlimited, then it can't have any kind of form. And since he has no form, none of the, none of the events that transpire to a, to a body happen to him. To, to, to suggest thereby that he's uh, differentiated uh, from someone else. So therefore, if Hashem has, his power has no limitations, he has no form. If he has no form, nothing about him which makes him possible to be with, with another God, but yet differentiated from that God. Therefore, it must be the only one Hashem. The awareness of what we just said in Halacha Zion is a mitzvah say. like it says, Hashem 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 our God is one. So we have the mitzvah of, of, believing, of believing in Hashem, or of knowing of Hashem's existence. Um, not to think about the idea, not, not to entertain the notion that there's a, there's a God besides Hashem, and the mitzvah of the unity of Hashem. Halachaches. Hayim afurish b'tayro v'neviim. It's explicitly stated in the Torah and in, in, in the, the neviim. So when we say Kriyashma, we're part of fulfilling that mitzvah, the Yachadai? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, yes. A thousand percent. Hayim afurish b'tayro. So it says clearly in the Torah of neviim and in the in the neviim. In the in the Nevi Mikzuvim, she ain't a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Guf Akviyah Hashem does not have a body or form. Shenama, like it says, Hashem. The word of Lekechem here, Lechayra, is supposed to be uh, is, is is a different pasuk that got mixed in. So, Hashem who Alekim b'Shemayim Imal v'Arz Pachas, Hashem, your God. Uh, excuse me, because Hashem is the God in the heavens above and on the earth below. However, a body can't be in two places. If it has a form, it can't be in two places at once. Because heaven and earth is not just, you know, Hashem is very, you can say, well, Hashem is very tall, so he's earth and heaven. No, the answer is, of course not. Shemaim is also the spiritual realms. So a body can't be in two places at once. In Benemar, it says, like it says regarding Harsina, you did not see any form. Benemar, it says, with whom would you compare me and, and, uh, and equate me? However, if Hashem had a form, he'd be similar to other gufim. So the fact that Hashem says, I am incomparable to anything else, again demonstrates he has no figure and no form. Halachates. Im if that's the case, what is, it, what is this that the Torah says? If, if, if it's true that Hashem has no form or no, or no, or no body, how does the Torah say, under Hashem's feet, etc.? The Torah says he saw something under Hashem's feet. Ksuvim Bats by the keyboard says, written by the finger of Hashem. Hashem has no fingers, right? Yad Hashem, the hand of Hashem, any Hashem, the eyes of Hashem, all is in Hashem, Hashem's ears, so to speak. These are all expressions found in Tanakh. What do they mean if Hashem has no image, no form, no body? or anything else of that nature. These are all expressions that are written to, <laughs> to cater to the audience, so to speak, to according to the understanding of people, right? In the reader's mind. And be, uh, excuse me, it's all according to the, the, the understanding of people. We, our, our, our reality only, only understands the forms we're familiar with. The Torah speaks the language of people. So, meaning that to, for us to understand, to comprehend, what does it mean that Hashem hears, so to speak? Hashem, Hashem, does, not, <laughs> Hashem does not not hear. Hashem hears. Hashem is aware of what we say, so to speak. So in other words, we, call, we say Ozni Hashem to represent the concept of Hashem hearing what we're saying. 
but not that it actually has to do with sound waves and eardrums and anything. Exactly. Right. It's all metaphor. I'm not sure if that's, that's a good translation. Kinuyim, more like an idea of a descriptive term. Thank you. Like it says, for example, the Pasuk says, Hashem says, if I will sharpen or, or wet the, uh, the arrows of my sword of lightning, right? Obviously, you'd be understand that Hashem, Hashem have a sword, a giant sword, as you kill with a sword. It's a mushal. So, just like that's a mushal, just like we say that, that Hashem's sword is a, is a parallel, is a metaphor, so too is the expression of Hashem's hand, so to speak. Raya Dover, and here's the proof to the matter that we're the, the proof to this concept that the Avish, there's the form we the, the, the Tanakh refers to, so to speak, in the Torah, is is not a definite is not really a true description. One of them, he says he saw Hashem, he saw he saw Hashem wearing white clothing. That's Daniel, I believe. I think it's Yeshaya who said he saw. He's he's. Uh, uh, um, Dressed in clothing, uh, 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 I'm sorry, crimson. Yes, uh, from Mibatsa is from a place I believe from, from Basra. Um, how do you touch it over there, Mibatsa? Yeah, okay. So that's which is different than a white clothing, obviously. himself, like a strong warrior doing um, a strong person doing war, war, a warrior at war. and saw him differently than a warrior, like a, a chazin wearing a talus. So which which is the true form of Hashem, right? Well, the <laughs> Will the true God please stand up? Loimer, this tells you Hashem has no image or form. It's all the perception of Navi. Hashem is presenting himself based on the message of the time. The truth of the matter is a person cannot truly comprehend and, and truly understand and, and, and uh, get this idea clearly. This is what the Pasuk says. You find Hashem by searching. Will you find the ultimate, ultimately find Hashem? So the idea over here is again that to understand that uh, to understand Hashem we cannot, and all these different forms, all these different presentations, not, none of them represent the truth of Hashem. So what is this, what, what was in that case? What was Meshach's request? The Hasig to understand. What did, he want to, what did he want to understand? When he said, Please show me your glory. What was his request then if, he can't, if a human being can't understand Hashem? He was requesting to know the truth of Hashem's existence. Until the point that it would be, be, be known in his heart. Like the awareness of one of the people. Like the uh, awareness of somebody who knows someone else. Shirapanov, who, who, who you're, you're familiar with, you've seen his face. And that particular person's personality, his, his, his image, so to speak, is embedded in the person's heart. And that person is separated from all the people. So you know humans exist. You know there are people in China, for example. But you don't know anybody from there necessarily. If you know one person by name, by face, who you know, so you have him as a, as a distinct awareness, different from other people. So Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know Hashem in that regard. Everyone knows Hashem exists. So what did he want to know different than anybody else? He wanted to know that, like, I know that this, you tell me about somebody, I, I can believe you, he exists. Now I know he exists because you told me about this person. But I don't know him, but you know him. 
So I know he exists, and you know he exists, but you know him as the person you've spoken to. I just know him because you told me about him. So we know Hashem because we know he exists because we, we know that we were told by our parents and by the Messiah, Hashem exists. Moshe wanted to know Hashem like somebody who you actually met. That unique type of knowing. Again, not possibly to know, to know Hashem as Hashem knows himself, but that type of being aware, awareness of Hashem, that unique level, of, like someone who knows someone specifically, that was the kind of knowledge Moshe wanted to have of the Ebishter. So, Kach Bikash Moshe Rabbeinu, that's what I'm up to, right? Yeah? Kach Bikash Moshe Rabbeinu, so to Moshe Rabbeinu requested, that Hashem's existence should be separated in his heart from other existences until he should know Hashem's existence as it is. So that's what he wanted. He wanted to know Hashem's truth as it is in, 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 relationship, in, in relationship to itself. And Hashem answered him, A person who is a living human being does not have that ability. A person who is alive, who is comprised of a body and soul, does not have the potential to truly understand Hashem. So what did Hashem let, inform him then? What did Hashem let him know? Hashem did inform Moshe Rabbeinu, did let him know, what no person before him nor after him will know. To the point that he comprehended the truth of Hashem's existence, the way he was able to differentiate the awareness of Hashem and a different, unique awareness of anything else he knew about. So Meshman knew about Aaron's existence as well, for example, but it was not the same way he knew Hashem. It was a whole separate, separate understanding. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I translated that wrong. Yeah, right. So he was able to understand Hashem's. Oh, so it was right then. Okay. So he was able to understand Hashem's existence in a different way from other kinds of existence. Like the way you identify somebody who you saw, you didn't see his face, but you saw him from behind. And you. You noted and understand and, 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 and are aware of the person's entire body and clothing in your mind, from the body of different from anybody else. So even though you didn't see the person, you don't know him as an individual, but the fact that you distinctly saw him from the crowd, so to speak, gives him a unique place of awareness, of awareness in your consciousness. That's how Moshe Benu understood Hashem. So he wanted to know Hashem's truth the way that the way Hashem knows himself so to speak to know as it is absolutely with, with as that truth is not confined by our own right right not the way you integrate into your understanding but to knowing it as it is purely objectively true with that with absolute truth but Hashem could not Hashem told that a person who's alive a human being cannot comprehend that so Hashem did give him however a unique level of understanding of awareness that no person before him or after him ever had but not quite what he has. Exactly. Right. Now, the Pasuk says, Hashem tells me, you'll see my, you'll see my back, you won't see my, my, my face. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> Hashem doesn't have my back or front, but this is what it's referring to. The unique level of intimate awareness that he could not have. But a unique level of awareness that no person ever had, including an Onavi, that he did get. So, so the Ramam, simply speaking over here, is, trying, is like, had, said to us, Hashem has no form. He asked the Kasha, I, it says, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to see Hashem. So he says he didn't, he didn't want to see Hashem's uh, a, a form of any kind. It was to know Hashem's truth. But I think also the Ram is trying to convey to us 
that in the in the first parak of Rambam, that the whole entire Torah we know is it's not it's not enough just to believe that Hashem Himself gave us the Torah. We have to believe that it came through Moshe Rabbeinu, and so this idea is also conveyed in this halacha that Meishah Rabbeinu is the one who has the ultimate understanding and awareness of the Ebishter and he taught that to us so that also is Teret Sifalonu Meishah Halach Yid Aleph Kivich and his barer She'ein Egu once it's been clarified that Hashem has no body or form his barer it's clarified as well Shaloi Yidalei Echa Meiris Hagufes no uh, bodily events or functions, so to speak, or um, or uh, trans uh, uh, bodily transpire transpirings can happen to Hashem. not set, not connection, nor set, nor, nor differentiation. no, no place, no, nor nor limitation. no rising or descending. neither right nor left. There's no concept of, of space by Hashem. no front nor back. Uh, sorry, no, no, no face or back. No sitting or standing. And it was all the things that we attribute to existence in terms of time and space, none of that applies to Hashem. The Enimatsabizman, nor is he found in time. To the point that you say Hashem has a beginning or an end. Um, uh, nor, nor, nor that he has a, uh, a number count, so to speak, of one or two. So, in other words, things, things which are limited. In time, also have a limitation in terms of their their number. I'm sorry, meaning shanim. I touched it wrong. Nor a limitation of his years. The einim ishtane, and he does not change. Ein leidava shigun leishina. Nothing, nothing would transpire which would cause him to change. So change is because of an external circumstance impacting something. So if I push this box, it moves. But the ebushin, nothing else can impact him. He has no death. He has no life. Like we have life. So we have a concept of life. But there's an there's, there's, there's a there's a opposite of that which is the idea of not life. But by the Abish his life is not like that. neither neither uh, silliness, nor wisdom, like a wise person. In other words, about again a wise person, he's a chacham because there's, there's, there's something about his personality, about his individuality, he incorporated into his life, he achieved wisdom, or he has an aspect of himself that enables him to attain wisdom. The Abish's chacham is not like that. Nor sleep, nor awakening. Nor anger, nor laughter, nor joy, nor depression. Nor silence, nor speech. Like people, gets, people speak. This is what the Chum said. In, in, in by Hashem, you don't have no sitting, no, no sitting, no standing. Neither a has he touched that blue you Interesting, okay, so no separation or connection. So these are all again, these are all characteristics. The Avisha has no characteristics that define him per se. Now of course in Chassidus you talk a lot about the ten spheres and how that we had all that Shaykh Muna, how that applies to Hashem, how how it is one with Hashem but doesn't define Hashem that's a much longer complicated conversation but if we hear the Rambam the basic principle is, is that the Ebesha has no definition has no tzir has no has no um, uh, uh, um, um, no descriptive terms can be used for him but all the descriptive terms we apply to him are only the way he presents himself to us from our perception but it's not, not, there's, no, no, there's no truth to it so to speak no, no objective truth in Chassidus, you do have ten spheres that are not Hashem, but are still true. So that's a whole other level. Okay. Elchid Beis. 
But the Rebbe has a lot of different places where he kind of reads into the, into the Rambam all of the things that says in Chassidus, all the Hadronim. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Since that's the matter, since that's the way it is, all these things that are said in the Torah, about Hashem, so to speak, getting angry, they're all metaphors. Like it says, Hashem sits in Shemayim and he laughs, they anger me with their silliness. All the other expression, like where it says Hashem rejoiced. This referred to uses, employs human linguistics to describe to, 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 to its, in its language. And Torah's language is language of men because it, so to speak, is catering to the reader. It's similar, it says, Are they angering me? I Hashem don't change. So Hashem is, is so uh, again the same point Hashem is saying that I can't be impacted by, 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 by the world. If Hashem was sometimes happy, sometimes angry, that's considered a change. These things about happy and sadness only apply to lowly people, bodies. Live in houses of clay, which are founded on dust. is blessed and elevated from all this. In other words, in the Rambam's understanding, when we say Hashem gets angry, it means Hashem presents events in the world that demonstrate one who behaves in an angry way. So when it doesn't rain, Hashem is, so to speak, demonstrating anger in our reality. But not that in Hashem's world, so to speak, in Hashem in relationship with himself actually feels angry so to speak that's that's or happy so that's pastor shot in the Ramah. this is the end of halakha uh, perg aleph tomorrow perg bay is going to the midst of loving and fearing hashem